0: I am Andrea Butcher, and this is Being at Work. Being a leader is hard. So on this show, I set out to talk with experienced leaders to learn from their pivotal moments, how they led through the challenges we can all relate to but are often unheard. Today's guest is Jeff Wagner, Alliance Sales Leader, Vice President at Equifax Workforce Solutions, Jeff is an execution-oriented leader, as you'll hear, who's been counted on for delivering strategic business growth initiatives, including new products to market, new channels to market, integration of acquired companies, transformational processes, systems, and business development. In other words, leading change has been a key theme throughout his career. As he reflects, he realizes that change has always been constant. And he's learned that leading change is most effective when you employ four key strategies. Listen in as he breaks them down.
1: Yeah, thanks, Andrea. It's been uh, it's been a fun journey. You know, uh, starting out in my career uh, in more of a project management role, and then evolving to product management and product development, and then ultimately kind of got a passion for, for alliances and that's what I do now. And, um, you know, it's been a fun journey. I feel like, and what we're going to talk about a little bit today is, um, each one of those steps throughout my career has really helped me and defined me into the leader that I am today. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I feel like it's, it's set me up and, and puts me you know differentiates me from, from others in, in, in my job and in my workplace.
0: Yeah, isn't it interesting when you look back on your career and you can see how all those dots connected? In the moment, it didn't feel like it, but now you can see. Oh, it was all part of the bigger picture.
1: Oh, totally. And you know, while like early in my career, some of the things that I did don't apply to what I do today. The methodology that I used to get through those challenges, I use on a daily basis, really. And I and I try mm-hmm. and impart that both on my team and others that I uh, work with.
0: Yeah, well, and that's what I want to learn about today. I know there's a pivotal moment in your career that really taught you a lot about yourself and leadership. So tell us about that.
1: Yeah, you know, um, when I when you asked me the question, I started thinking about it. Um, I I, I kind of went back to a point in my career where there was a significant uh, change, uh, both within uh, me personally uh, as well as career. So at at the time, Andrea. I, uh, you know, I was buying a new house and having a, a kid, and 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 lots of like personal change. And then I went into a new job and into a new role um, where it wasn't just a new role, which in and of itself has has challenges. Uh, but the leadership at the time challenged us to completely change the product development uh, process and so as you might imagine that that amount of change included people process procedures and at the same time i was still learning the organization and who was who in the zoo kind of thing and uh, and and i was actually forming a new team at the time too so i was bringing in a, a bunch of new people um and so it presented me with with a challenge and You know, at the at that at that point in time, it it certainly felt a little bit overwhelming um, because anytime you're presented with a with a large change project uh, like that, at at first it feels uncomfortable. Um, But now looking back on it, um, I'm glad I did it because it's just another one of those points in my career where um, I felt like I learned a lot and I apply a lot of what I learned through that change process even today.
0: So what were your big takeaways through that process?
1: The challenge that we were presented with was to take uh, 50% uh, of the time to market out of our product development process, which is significant. And so it wasn't just that. As I started kind of going through my process of getting to know people and the organization and the current state of things, I mean, I literally went to the to the operations uh, leader at the time, his feedback to me was, Jeff, sometimes the first time I learn about a new product is the first time I get a call or a ticket or a problem for a customer. And -hmm. if you think about what that means in terms of a product development process and a true service offering, it wasn't just about changing the time to market, which was important, but we also had a quality problem uh, at the same time. So um, so how I went about it was um, the first, first thing that, that we did was we defined goals and objectives, and then we, we got a cross-functional team involved. And I think a couple of the important aspects about that were we really had a shared vision with the rest of those team members yeah. around what it is that we were trying to achieve. And so we put it really in terms that they could relate to and get on board with. And they couldn't really argue with it. So you say things like well, what if we took 50% of the time out of the product development process? And what if the first time that you got a call on a product, you were prepared with a process and you knew what the SLAs were and like how you were going to respond to that? Would that would that be a good thing? And there's almost no one in that in that room or on that team that could say no to that. And so now you've established a shared vision. You've got them on board with what it is that you're trying to do. And then I found that reinforcing that over time, you know, during the course of the project or the program really worked out well because you constantly reminded them, Hey, here's why we're here. This is what we're trying to accomplish. And you really got engagement, you know, as a result of that. So I'd say, foundationally, Andrea, the, the really important thing was getting that shared vision and having the whole team kind of, you know, in the same boat, row in the same, you know, direction.
0: How did that come about? You know, so you're given this big challenge with multiple layers. You know, a lot of times we, our tendency is just to dive into the challenge and start mm-hmm. working it. But you didn't do that. You took a step back and with the team defined where are we going together to get them engaged how did that come about? Was it natural? Did someone say, hey, we need to take a step back and do this?
1: Yeah, it was kind of natural, honestly. Um, and I can say this now, and I wouldn't have said this then. I didn't really know what I was doing. <laughs> so it was. Do we like, ever,
0: was, Jeff, yeah, Do we yeah. ever really know?
1: <laughs> no, not really. I mean, I wasn't going from some kind of playbook that somebody had handed me, you know? So yeah, I guess the answer is it was kind of natural. I just, I took what you would consider a common approach and, you know, in everyday life and other challenges or change that, that you're faced with, you kind of, you survey the current state of things. So what uh, part of what I did in addition to what we talked about there is we really dissected the process as it existed today or mm-hmm. at that time. And we said, well, where are things, where are the choke points? What, what's going on there? And, so that was a really good, good thing to do. And to be honest, yeah, it came naturally because that's the way I approach, you know, things in, in my daily life and it applied here. Now, what I'll tell you is, is that this, this was a little bit more complex, of course, than, than things that happen in my, you know, in my daily Mm -hmm. life, but that's the, uh, that's the approach that we took. And what we ended up doing was another thing that I, you know, kind of mentioned to you is, is that anytime you, Take you know, in this case, a lot of time out of something. A lot of the times, you'll sacrifice quality, which we didn't really want, which we really didn't want to do. Um, and so, what we did was we took more of a little bit of a fail fast kind of approach. So we would try things out, and if they didn't work, uh, we took a like a lessons learned kind of approach to it, and everybody on the team participated in that. And so they would give constant feedback on what worked well. So we would continue that uh, practice, whatever that was. Um, And then things that needed to be improved on, we really kind of dug into and said, well, okay, well, what what went wrong there? And when we took that kind of, okay, yeah, we're probably going to fail a little bit here, but we're going to do lesson learned sessions where we're going to kind of figure it out and diagnose it all together, um, that kind of naturally matured what we were doing over time. Cause I'll be honest with you. I mean, the first time we did it certainly wasn't, wasn't perfect. We had mapped the new process out on a piece of paper. We got everybody on board. Yeah. This makes a lot of sense. And it certainly wasn't perfect. And like with anything um, just, you know, getting in with a, a team and putting it on paper, but what really brings it to light is putting it to practice. And so, that's how we kind of constructed it. We did the best we could straight out, of the, straight out of the gate. And then we just took this lesson learned, fail fast, continuous improvement kind of uh, mentality.
0: Well, it sounds like it's an experiment mentality and a, and a growth mindset mentality, which frees people up to be creative and come up with their best solutions because there's no pressure, right? You, you recognize, hey, if this doesn't work out, we'll learn from it and we'll perfect it and make it better next time.
1: Yeah, for sure. And what was great about it, too, is while, you know, people handle change in, in different ways. Right. And I could I could tell when we were doing this early on, there were some skeptics with within the team. And I could tell that just based upon the questions that that they were that they were asking and what was great was in taking this approach where they participated in the process and we had a shared vision, it was amazing the output and deliverables that they were able to contribute to the team. Um, and and they got a lot of fulfillment out of it, whereas at the beginning of the process, I bet if you'd asked them or polled them, um, they would have... Uh, you know, they would have said the opposite that, you know, I'm not sure why we're doing this. The current process works perfectly fine and that kind of thing.
0: That's a really good point. Like it wasn't until you took a step back and really defined where do we want this to be that you recognize there's a gap between what exists today and where we're going.
1: Yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll tell you another thing that really worked well along those lines was that we did, uh, kind of a roadshow, so to speak. And, and what I mean by that is we just, we went around to all the cross-functional teams and talked to them about, here's the current state. Here's what we're planning to do. Here's what we're trying to achieve. And we didn't just say, hey, this is, this is going to be what what we're expecting of you. We took the approach of, here's what we're going to do. Here's what you can expect from us. Here's the process. Here's the procedures. Here's the deliverables that we're we're expected to to deliver, and we're going to hold our, ourselves accountable for. But oh, by the way, here are the things that we're going to be expecting of you. So there's kind of there was kind of this shared um, agreement, so to speak, verbal, you know, in this case, but shared agreement that hey, we're gonna we're gonna you know have some deliverables here and objectives and. Uh, but but so are you. And, and so going into the whole process, um, it was pretty clear to everybody, not only what what are we trying to accomplish here, uh, but also how are we going to participate and how are they going to participate in the process?
0: So there was some role. There was some good role clarity in that in the process. Yeah,
1: for sure. And we, do, we even took it a step f- further, Andrea. We didn't just verbalize it in in a meeting we actually mapped it out on on paper. And so, uh, and it was then distributed throughout the organization. Okay, well, so here's how we're gonna go about this. Here are the team members that are gonna be involved. Here's your role and responsibility. So it sounds really formal and I guess it kind of is, um, but I, I found it to be very effective because going into the process, everybody had a shared vision, like I said, but also knew what their role and responsibility on the team was. And that was pretty effective.
0: Well, so what a strong foundation from which to drive change. So this is, this is so important because I mean, what, what organization isn't evolving and changing all of the time. And what I see is leaders jumping into the driving change process Mm -hmm. (laughs) before they take the time to really build the foundation from which change happens much more effectively and easily. So you've defined a a shared vision. You got the team engaged on that. You provided clarity and and not not just talking about it. You really mapped it out so that people really felt like they were part of it. So now they're engaged. Like now they're in a good position to make the change happen.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, if I had some advice to give, and like you said, I, I couldn't agree more, Andrea. I mean, the only thing that's constant in in business and corporate world right now, you know, it is change. And so, you know, learning from experiences like this are really important. The kinds of things that I, you know, think about when I think about, well, how do I what what macro level concepts did I take away from that and then, you know, other experience when it relates to change and it kind of it i i focus on the positive outcomes and the results that we're you know going to achieve i mean that's that's kind of like that shared vision thing i i find that you know there's a power to positive thinking and then yes when you have when you have goals and a mindset that says you know i'm working on something that's going to make a difference here and my contribution matters it, it there's a there's a different level of participation and outcome um yeah like just adopting a mindset of change, knowing that, you know, there is there is change there. And and when I say that is it's just embracing it, you know, and knowing that it that it's gonna be there. And then again, like kind of anchoring on the positive outcomes and the and the results rather than, oh, this is really hard or I don't agree that this is the right thing, you know, to do. And then this is a really tough tough one for me, um, just based upon my own uh personal you know, style is, uh, you know, take some risks too. I, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a naturally a a risk taker. Um, And so I've kind of had to evolve my own leadership style to, um, to be more of a risk taker. I'm not saying take risks without uh, not that. I I think of it more like calculated risks. Um, uh, And knowing that, You know, sometimes you'll probably you know you're going to fail, and that's okay. um, As long as you, you know, as long as you as you learn from it, because anytime you're doing change, inherently there are risks to it. Because changing means doing something new, something different, something that hasn't maybe been done before, and you know inherently there's risks associated with that. Um, And as long as you're willing to take those things on, and you know, adopt the right mindset around it. Um, you know, I think there's a more positive outcome as a, as a result.
0: Well, in your example, it wasn't risk for the risk for risk sake, right? It, it was, it was naturally calculated because you had done the work of dissecting the process. And so you, you chunked it into manageable opportunities. I suspect as a result of that, you clearly identified where are the best opportunities to take some risks.
1: Yeah, that's right on. And, and that's what I kind of mean when I say calculated risks is we did do our, do our homework, so to speak, to understand where, where the, the choke points in the process were or where we, where we needed to improve. And so if, if it came up, so you're you're right. I mean, it probably, we probably de-risked it a lot by the work that we did, but Um, and research that we did. But, but again, that I would consider that to be kind of a learning through the processes is that just doing whatever it is could without research or, you know, the right um, approach be considered a, a risky thing, but, but, but doing the diligence and the shared yeah. vision and all of that kind of yeah. de-risks it.
0: That's such an important point. Creates more 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 safety and security around taking those risks. Right. So I have a big question for you. So this this is so good. I suspect our listeners if I put myself in their shoes and well even myself, I'm I'm a fast-paced leader. I like to get stuff done. And what about if I don't have time to do these things? I suspect right. that's what a lot of listeners might be saying. I've been asked to do this yesterday. I don't have time to get everyone involved and create a shared vision and map all this out.
1: You know, I think about, I I, honestly, I I share that, that thought, you know, back to, you know, you read uh, case studies or you go through your MBA program and all of those things are just it, it's kind of like, well, yeah, obviously you would, you would do those things, but what they don't factor in is the, the, you know, the distraction that you have going around with your, the rest of your job and your responsibilities and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, you're right on, I, it, it kind of takes, it just takes discipline for, for me I, it, it, and dedication and like, just gotta, gotta go do it and understand that it, you know, the positive outcomes of it, you know, outweigh, you know, the work that you have to put in. Honestly, in, in this particular example, Andrea, we got that what we were doing required um, participation of other groups who, who had other jobs, who had a day job, who had other things going on. And The way that we got them on board to participate in what was otherwise an unnatural kind of level when they had other distractions going on Mm -hmm. was the outcome. So that operational person that I talked about earlier um, had had some reservations about participating in the process at the level that we were going to require. And the conversation that he and I had about that was, yeah, well, wouldn't you rather dedicate that time up front in the process versus the time that you're going to have to spend in front of a customer now with a problem that you don't have to solve? So it's in all of our best interest to spend the time up front in order to think about these things and work through it. And I know you have a a day job and other distractions, but ultimately the prize at the end of the rainbow on this thing is gonna is gonna outweigh the distraction that you're gonna have uh up front and I found uh that while that was just the operational example that worked both you know for myself uh but also with the um, you know with the other team members and Part of the process too, Andrea and I kind of talked about it at the beginning. I was also new to the organization, so it was incredibly difficult to try and institute change when you're not even a known entity, you know, within the organization, and you don't have deep relationships with all of the, you know, team members that you're going to count on to uh, to get this done. And so there was also an element there to where. Um, I had personally to focus on relationship development cross-functionally because without it, um, you know, even I I could go up there and do a roadshow on a PowerPoint presentation and do all this documentation. But, you know, as a leader, you know, the most, you know, the most basic definition is that you have followers and not not necessarily all these cross-functional resources ended up being followers of mine, so to speak. But they had to trust, you know, me. Um, and they had to believe in you well know, what I was doing and that I was in the same boat as them. And and so there was there was also, you know, part of that uh going on. And I and I used the conversation with the operational person and um, you know, hey, this is gonna pay off in the end as part of um, you know, the establishment of that relationship and trust. And I and I found that once that was established. It made it easier for them and me, quite frankly, to participate more wholly in the process to get the outcomes that we were looking for.
0: Yeah, I in listening to this, Jeff. I really hear four key things that drove your leadership in this process. You know, and clearly we've talked a lot about the first one, the creating a shared vision. The second one is just getting this cross-functional team involved. That's the role clarity, the mapping it out. Three, dissecting the process as it existed today, chunking it into manageable opportunities. And then the fourth thing, really taking some risks, trying things out, calculated risks, as you said, failing fast. So those are the four big takeaways for me. Are there any steps that I missed or the steps that you would characterize differently?
1: No, I think that's a, I mean, I don't think you're uh you're, you're right on there. And while I'm talking about, you know, today an example and a story about, you know, change that is related to, you know, a particular process or the product development process. Um, I think that those, and I use those, those foundational, um, kind of pillars, if you will, of change even today in non-process, you know, oriented change, um, organizational change, for example, for, you know, for some reason, um, and a lot of times leaders do this, right? So if they come into a new organization, they take those, those same, and in fact, I've seen it recently in, in, in Equifax, where I work today, where there was some organizational change going on that was in a different uh, uh, department than than what I work in. But I saw a lot of these same themes going on, like, okay, well, we're focusing on outcomes and results and a shared vision. Here's, here's what it's going to be like, you know, in the, in the, in the end, there were some risks taken because, you know, uh, naturally when you're making changes in the organization roles and, um, responsibilities and so forth, um, there that, that that's different. And so inherently there's, you know, there's, there's risk in that. Um, and, but then, uh, I also saw a lot of the diagnosis of, well, okay, where are we not performing today, you know, and where are there gaps in what it is that we're doing or skill sets that we need to add that we don't have today? All of those things kind of went into what, you know, resulted in, you know, in an organizational change that so far, you know, I've seen as being, as being uh, uh, pretty positive. And that's an example of a you know a non-process oriented change that um, you know that took this to, to similar you know approach uh, to to what I described earlier you know and, and resulted in a, in a pretty good outcome.
0: If you could go back now, knowing what you know, and do anything different, is there anything you'd change? Uh,
1: well, I wouldn't advise anybody to um, you know personally, you know, buy a new house, uh, have, have a baby, change jobs, and uh try and take fifty percent out of the product development process at one time. <laughs> I probably really wouldn't advise doing that if you can if you can control it. It was a little bit it was a little bit much. The way I look at things, Andrea, is uh I look back at challenges and uh change and uh, I just, there's very few times where I said I would have, you know, I would have had it differently or would have done it differently. I can't say that I do because I just, I feel like I've learned a lot from, you know, at the, at that point in time, I, if you would asked me that, you know, same question, would you do stuff differently? I probably would have had some answers for you, but, um, you know, at this, you know, sitting back and looking at it, you know, the challenges are the things that at that time I probably would have said, oh gosh, that you know, that didn't work out. Um, we more used as, as opportunities to learn, you know, and, 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 improve, um, you know, more than, more than anything.
0: Yeah. You've learned, you've learned so much from the situation that you value.
1: Right. It kind of outweighs the times where I've stubbed my toe. I, I don't, you know, I, I certainly made, you know, uh, tons, tons of mistakes, I probably could have along the way done a little bit better job in uh in communicating upward both hey here's what we've accomplished but also um some things that we you know that we ran into that were that were challenging um and I'd say that this is I don't know about flaw might be a little bit too strong of a term but something that you know I continuously work on in my own leadership is I typically take the approach to try and um you know solve things myself or you know rather than uh getting external or, or, or management help or, or involvement, that's just kind of my mentality. I probably do that a little bit uh you know, too much and could get get the uh, leadership, you know, engaged a little bit uh sooner and keep them kind of kind of involved. And I, I'd say that that happened probably a, a couple of times in the course of that that particular uh, change project. And I probably could have benefited a little bit more from getting some higher up involvement a little bit uh, a little bit earlier on and probably could have solved a few things a little bit quicker. Had I, um, you know, had I done so. So uh, that's one thing I'd probably work on in the future. I, I do um I kind of understand that about myself a little bit, so it's, it's something that I regularly focus on and, and work on.
0: Well, that's a good example. Back to your whole your comment about the time, you know, had you had you engaged that stakeholder, it would have allowed you to make decisions more quickly. Yeah. And I think that that's such an important point that that taking the time to align on vision and roles and get clarity there drives efficiency it's sets you up to be able to go faster
1: right yeah yeah for sure and um when you have kind of leadership involvement there and uh the reality is they can remove roadblocks you know that that come up that you otherwise wouldn't be able to uh to remove yourself um so i kind of you know i took the mentality a lot especially at that point in my my career andrea where i'd Just take the hill, so to speak, you know, and um, while I still do that, um, I'd say that I I probably have learned from that a little bit and get uh, leadership involved a little bit earlier, especially when there are significant roadblocks or, you know, decisions that need to be made that, um, you know, that require kind of a higher level strategic thinking and alignment with the uh, with the business.
0: That's great, such good insight, Jeff. Thank you so much for being on our show for sharing the story. I mean, who who can't relate to leading through challenge? So you've given us some really good things to think about.
1: Yeah, no, thanks for having me on, Andrea. It was it was a good time, and it kind of forced me to think about the uh, the good old days, so to speak, a little bit. Uh, so I appreciate you. Uh, Having me on.
0: If our audience wants to connect with you, what's the best way to do that?
1: Yeah, so uh, Jeff Wagner uh, at LinkedIn, or uh, my email address is W A G N E R 11 J E F F at hotmail.com. Uh, either way is fine if they want to reach out and I'd be happy to uh, connect up.
0: Thank you for joining us for this episode. Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast to never miss a being at work story.